United Methodist Church. We are an inclusive and mission-minded congregation um, committed to be a place for everyone as we welcome, grow, serve, and celebrate together. Um, and we are so glad that you have joined us on this third Sunday of Advent. I want to remind you about some upcoming um, Advent and Christmas opportunities within the life of our church. First of all, today, you can join us back on the lawn at 4.30 for a time of Christmas carols. We'll have some hot chocolate, some cider. There'll be some fire pits where you can roast marshmallows. Kids will have a chance to make reindeer food or adults if you need to make some reindeer food for your house as well. Um, I'm sure there's stuff I'm forgetting because I have not been in charge of this. Anything else I need to say? There's some, uh, you've seen some lights put up, so I hope you'll join us back here at 4.30 just for a time of fellowship as we continue to prepare for Christmas. Our Christmas Eve service will be at 4 and 6. Our 4 o'clock service will be the one that we live stream, um, but I hope you will join for that service of song, of scripture, of communion, and of candlelight. And then the 26th, the day after Christmas, we will join together for a time of carols and lessons. Um, I hope you'll come a little bit early because we're going to have some donuts and coffee in the back. Feel free to wear your favorite Christmas pajamas if you feel so led. No judgment here. You can bring, show up in your pajamas, get some donuts, and enjoy some carols and lessons on the 26th. I do need readers for that. So if you are, know you will be here, your family will be here, let me know. Um, your family can divide the reading up, but it's a, a lot of readings because it is a, a service of carols and lessons. So let me know if you'll be here and you would like to participate in that. And then the second, you can come and ring in the new year with our Epiphany service. There's always a lot of great worship experiences during this time to kind of help us walk through this season. It's a great time to invite a friend. So read over your bulletin, read over those service opportunities that we have, um, and reach out to someone and invite them to join you to celebrate this time. There will be no Sunday school on the 26th or the 2nd. Um, so no Sunday school those two days, but we will be here for worship. As always, please take time, read through the bulletin, see all that is going on in the life of our church, read over those prayer concerns, see how we may be in prayer one for another. But before we begin the service, I feel the need to point out a typo so that when we get to it in the service, you, that we don't all stumble over it, because um, it will bother me. So in our call to worship, in the little middle section, um, that last line, it says, and lifts us up with words or hope. You can probably figure out what that's supposed to say. <laughs> so when we, stand, when we stand together to say those words, you know you will be saying words of hope, not words or hope. But I didn't want us to get there and then everybody be like, that's not right. Um, now you know, it's not right. And we can correct it at the appropriate time. But now... Oh, I did forget another thing because I'm so out of the habit. Our ushers, if you will please pass out our registration of attendance pads. Um, they'll be coming down the aisle. Sorry, I should have said that first, but I'm out of the habit of saying that. Um, fill those out. Pass them along so that we can know who all is worshiping alongside us this day. Uh, but now, let us prepare our hearts and our minds to worship God this day.
will stand and join with us in our call to worship and remain standing um, as we sing a hymn. It's found as, as an insert in your bulletin. Your response is in the bold. Hear these words from Zephaniah. Listen to words of promise and hope and share the great good news. God is not distant or uncaring, but moves with loving power to meet us as we meet. I will remove disaster from you. I will deal with oppressors, rescue the lame, and gather the outcast. I will bring you home forever and change your shame into honor and praise. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Our first hymn, A Star Shown Bright, we'll sing all four verses together. It's in the insert in your bulletin. This past week, we embodied our faith with preparation, both inward and outward. When we remember for what we have prepared, we can welcome joy into our lives, even when we don't feel quite ready, deserving, or willing. There is joy simply by entrusting our work to the God who loves us, cares for us, and wants us to rest in the work of Christ. This is the third week of Advent which means it's the second half of the season and you're inching closer and closer to Christmas. Does this spark joyful anticipation in you? Or are you overshadowed by an inward panic as you think of all that you'd still like to accomplish before the season turns? 
Remember that Advent is a gift meant to be useful and enjoyable. God delights in our delight, and there is great delight in anticipating the feast to come. You can still focus on your to-do list, but make time today to sit and revel in the true joy that comes with this season of waiting on God who has fulfilled the promise of redemption through the incarnate Christ. Please join me in our responsive psalm found in your bulletin. Your response is in the bold. O God, you are my God, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, my flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. So I will pass you as long as I, uh, so I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands and call on your name. My soul is satisfied with a rich feast, and my mouth praises you with joyful lips. When I think of you on my bed, and meditate on you in the watches of the night. For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I sing for you. My soul clings to you, your right hand upholds me. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This time I'd like to invite our children forward for our children's moment. Okay, so don't get too comfortable because I need you to do something for me. Can y'all make, can y'all sit in a line like this? Come make a line for me, sitting facing me. There you go. Turn around right there, Reed. Over here, Ben, you can get over here. Make a line for me. You gotta go all the way down. Ben, over here. Over here. Eli and Cody, y'all go this way. Lay, nope, that way, that way. Eli, that way. Oh, I'm sorry. Go that way. I mean, you, you two, I know we're old enough to understand directions. All right, I need a line. There we go. It's perfect. It's perfect. We got Eli. No. He, look, if I can sit on the floor, you can sit on the floor. All right. Okay. So we're going to, um, we're going to, have you ever done this? Uh, it's kind of a game where something is put in front of you and you can't touch it until it's time to touch it. Have you ever been given like a cookie and your mom says you can't eat it yet? You got to wait. Yeah. Yeah, you've done that one. Or something you're really looking forward to, but you've got to wait. You can't have it just yet. Or have you been so hungry and dinner's not ready yet, and then you just you want to grab other food, but you have to wait till it's ready, right? Okay, well, I have something that makes noise. So I will know 
if you touch it before you're supposed to. Are you ready? You ready? I have a bell. So we're going to help out. They're playing a special song with their bells in a minute. We're going to help them out, okay? We're going to introduce them. We're going to start it for them. But you can't do it until I tell you it's time to do it. So I'm going to come and set it in front of you, okay? You can't touch it until it's time. And we're all going to know if you do because it makes noise. Are you ready? I'm going to set it right in front of you. You want one? All right, don't touch them. I hope I have enough. Don't touch them, just look at them. Oh no, I'm running out. All right, I ran out. I counted and thought I would have enough. Can I, I'm, I'm taking some from some of the older ones. Is it okay if I give them to the little ones? I know, you're, you're very sad. You're not a little one, Eli. All right. The, oh, 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 don't touch it. I'm giving read to that kid. Okay. So I'm about to show, say, oh, I'm getting close. I see. A big word. Have you ever heard the word anticipate? What does it mean? What? I don't know. You don't know? It means you're waiting. You're waiting for something exciting. So what are we waiting for? Christmas to ring the bells, yeah. So we're waiting to celebrate the birth of Jesus, and people for a long, long, long time, they waited for God to do something amazing in the world, and that was the gift of Jesus. So I'm going to count down from 10, and we're going to practice this waiting, this anticipation, and when I get to 1, you can pick up your bells and ring them really, really loud, and then you're going to stay here because we're going to listen to those bells play before you go to extended session, okay? But I have been told I have to take your bells back up because they're a little worried you're going to outshine them. Okay? Not yet. All right, you ready? I'm going to count down. Ring them as loud as you can. Are you ready? Oh, I hear some ringing already. I hadn't started counting yet. Ready? Ten. Not. Ten. Not nine. Eight. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two, one, ring them, ring them, ring them, ring them. Yay! All right. Now, now I, what I wanted to do is see if you could wait till they were done, and we were going to ring them at the end, but people didn't believe y'all could do that. So, All right, I'm going to take them back up. I'm going to take them back up. Yeah? You can keep ringing until I get to you. It's fine. And at the end of the service, if you want it back, you can have it. Not right now. All right, now we're going to sit here. You don't have to. We're going to sit here and let them play, okay? Y'all ready? Let's listen to them play their bells, all right? We might as well go with their present bells.
Okay, so kids, if you are um, five to three through kindergarten, you can go with uh, Miss Molly and Mr. Matthew to extended session. They're in the back, and the rest of you can go back to your seats. Your kindergarten. A reading from Zephaniah chapter 3, verses 14 to 20. Sing, daughter Zion, shout aloud, Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any army. On that day, they will say to Jerusalem, Do not fear, Zion. Do not let your hands hang limp. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. I will remove from you all who mourn over the loss of your appointed festivals, which is a burden and reproach for you. At that time, I will deal with all who oppressed you. I will rescue the lame. I will gather the exiles. I will, give them praise, I will give them praise and honor in every land where they have suffered shame. At that time, I will gather you. At that time, I will bring you home. I will give you honor and praise among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your very eyes, says the Lord. Our gospel lesson comes from Luke chapter 3, verses, well, if I can get there, 7 through 18. And as we prepare to hear God's word this day, let us pray. Holy word. You are our guide and ultimate assurance. By your Holy Spirit, open us to your promises and commands and shower us again with the fire of your love. Amen. So Luke 3, 7 through 18, it's following directly behind the passage in Luke we looked at last week. John the Baptist is speaking to the crowds, and it says, John said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath that is to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, What then should we do? 
In reply, he said to them, whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked him, teacher, what should we do? He said to them, collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Soldiers also asked him, and we, what should we do? He said to them, do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation, and be satisfied with your wages. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I'm not worthy to untie the throng of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So this is one of those Sundays where I looked at the lectionary text for this Sunday in Advent, and I couldn't really figure out which ones to not use. I couldn't settle on a scripture. All of them spoke to me. All of them had pieces that just spoke to me that I wanted to share. So I'm sure you can tell that um, if you even glanced at the bulletin as you sat down this morning. There's lots of scripture. It kind of covers worship today from beginning, middle, to end. Um, So I do invite you, um, take that bulletin home this week, pull out a good study Bible, go back through and read through these passages Look at kind of what all is going on in these stories. Make it part of your Advent devotional. We are entering the third week of Advent. The second half of the season, as our devotional says, inching closer and closer to Christmas. Um, As you heard in our candle reading, the reading that is from um, the book we're using, Shadow and Light, It asks, does that spark joyful anticipation in you? All of the scripture that we have posted in this bulletin and are using today, all of it holds this anticipation. The joyous um, Christmas morning celebration that has become what it has become with all the gifts and the surprises, well, it gives us a way to talk to our kids about the longing, about the waiting, about that anticipation that defines this season. And this week, Scripture invites us to kind of sit with that anticipation, to think about it, to hold it, to feel that longing that the people of God felt. Last week, we looked at that first part of um, the message of John the Baptist. We talked about what it means to be a people prepared for the Lord. And we said that Scripture tells us part of what it means to be a people prepared, part of that work comes in repentance for the forgiveness of sin. We named um, Barbara Brown Taylor in her work, Speaking of Sin, where she says the choice to remain in erect relationship with God and other human beings is called sin. The choice to enter into the process of repair is called repentance. Sin is our only hope, she says, 
because the recognition that something is wrong is the first step towards setting it right. Hope begins, we said last week, hope begins with the acceptance of our responsibility for the way things are. Now, all of that last week, kind of renaming all of that, it, it takes a more individual, individual bent, right? Like preparing for the Lord means not being afraid to look at myself, to name the brokenness, being open to being renewed. But this week, as we think about the anticipation, it's a little more communal. The longing is about more than my brokenness. It comes from looking around at the world and lifting those words, how long, O Lord, how long? And all of our scripture today kind of does this. We opened worship with words from Zephaniah. We just heard them read again. And I don't know if you've ever read the prophet Zephaniah, but it begins in a pretty dark place. The prophet is calling out the rich and the powerful because they live like all is well in their world, while those on the margins of society, the most vulnerable among them, they go unseen. So their hunger, their poverty, their oppression goes unseen. And these unseen, well, they live as a people without hope. So into this, in Zephaniah, God speaks, and the people of God catch a vision of a world where this is not so. Where, as we heard, disaster is removed, oppressors are dealt with, the lame are rescued, the, the outcasts are gathered. Now this is one of those places in scripture, like others, where it's easy to just hold some future hope. The promise of a new world after the strife of history and the sway of sin is finally exhausted. It's tempting for us to just hang on to that new heaven and new earth, some future glory once Christ has come back and all is fulfilled. But I think what all of our passages today remind us is that these are passages set within a history. They're stories of real people. And as such, they tell us that there's hope set in the form of this world too. The already and the not yet of our Advent season. So that's Zephaniah. Isaiah, we're gonna hear um, after our special music in a little while, and it gives us a similar image We'll hear pieces of Isaiah 12, and the first 12 chapters of Isaiah, much like Zephaniah, are all about judgment and punishment, and you get these little occasional glimpses of hope. The opening words of Isaiah call the people to wash themselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your doings, learn to do good, seek justice, rescue the oppressed, defend the orphan, plead for the widow. And then my favorite verse that comes here, come now, God says, let us argue it out. You move through those 12 chapters, you get to chapter nine and 11, and it kind of expands on this hopeful vision 
promising light, joy, a coming savior, a world holy at peace. Can you feel the longing? A world holy at peace. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Then after 11 chapters of prophecy, Israel is asked to respond. Fear is replaced with trust and joy. Isaiah 12 that we will lift later is a doxology. A doxology of a people who, despite their present condition of suffering and fear, know that death will not have the last word because of who they believe their God to be. And then there's John the Baptist in Luke, who looks around at his world and says, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee the wrath to come? Bear fruit that is worthy of repentance. What then should we do, they respond. Be community, he says. Look around you. Do you see those who have little or nothing? Those hurting? Do you see their need? Can you do something to meet their need out of your abundance? John draws them toward a world that shows profound care and concern for their sisters and brothers, care for those on the margins of society, those who are the most vulnerable, regardless of their connection to them. John names that faith is not just some abstract belief, that it isn't just about waiting for some future hope. It's meant to be lived and worked out in daily life. And then we hear this. As the people were filled with expectation, as they anticipate this world where those who have plenty will share with those who have little, or at least they will only take what they need, John says, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Come, Lord Jesus, come. I don't know how many of you have seen uh, the Broadway musical Rent, a very, very short synopsis. It is about a group of young artists who are struggling to survive. When I first saw it, there's a Christmas Eve scene that stuck with me that I've never really been able to let go of. And just to set it up, it is Christmas Eve. You hear some bells. You see families kind of rushing from stores to home, doing what we do on Christmas Eve, going to church. And in the background, there are these five people who are homeless. They're on the streets on Christmas Eve. And the song that plays is called Christmas Bells Are Ringing. It says Christmas bells are ringing, Christmas bells are ringing, Christmas bells are ringing. On TV, at Saks, can't you spare a dime or two here before the grace of God go you? You'll be merry, I'll be merry, though merry ain't in my vocabulary. No sleigh bells, no Santa Claus, no Yule log, no tinsel, no holly, no hearth, no Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, no room at the Holiday Inn. Oh no, and it's beginning to snow. 
It's an image to me that holds what Zephaniah was trying to hold. We go on like everything is okay in our world, while there are those who go unseen. One Christmas, I'm pretty sure I was a senior in high school, some friends and I decided that we would go up to the hospital and pass out presents to the kids who were there on Christmas Day. It wasn't a lot. It was coloring books and crayons, and there were four of us. We went up there, you know, left our homes, gathered up there, passed out the presents very quickly. I don't only remember one room, but it was a really dark room. The child was asleep. The dad was kind of anxiously pacing, and he kept asking us the same question. Who are you with? Who sent you? Why did you come? What group are you with? And we just kept saying, nobody. We just decided to do this. I think he was so struck by it, because he was struck that there were those who remembered that while everything may be beautiful and magical at your home, it's not the same everywhere on Christmas Day. A little embarrassed to say that's the only time I did that. And clearly I was carrying all of this with me this week. So I went for my annual checkup, and you know as a woman you go through all the things, the scan, the sample, the blood test, then you finally get to the doctor. It's a whole morning of stuff. And I remember coming out of the bathroom and washing my hands, and it's always freezing in those rooms, and the water was warm. And I thought to myself, I was so thankful for that warm water. But then carrying all of this with me, I thought about, man, what about the other women who don't have access to health care, who maybe don't even have this nice, beautiful space to come go through all of these things that are already so invasive, who don't have access to warm water simply to wash their hands. Now, I share these stories on this, the third Sunday of Advent, not to bring you down and make you think, well, dang, everything is terrible. Thanks, Dawn. Nor is it helpful for us to hold some kind of guilt because, well, we are okay. We do have things. I share these stories so hopefully we can all feel that anticipation named in these scriptures. I needed to feel it. Not some advent calendar countdown until we can finally open the presents, but the longing for God to move, to act, to redeem and to restore, to create a world where no one goes without a place to call home, a world with, where those with plenty open their eyes and see the need among them and give out of their abundance or at the very least only take what we need. A world where children don't have to be sick, where every person is made whole, a world where every woman has access to the health care she needs, to warm water, to wash her hands, a world wholly at peace. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Now, as I said earlier, 
This can all easily sound like some future hope or some kind of blind optimism, a little Pollyanna for us, of what we wish could be. But the truth that this season strives to share every year, the truth is that because of Jesus, because God chose to sit down in our midst to share our humanity, because Jesus defeated death itself, we believe that this renewing and redeeming work is already being done. And yes, one day will reach its full completion. God forgives. God saves. Salvation and joy get the last word. The living God is in our midst to rejoice over us with gladness, to renew us in love, and to lift us up with words of hope. So this week, how might we hold both of these Advent images? To see the brokenness, that all might be well within my little world, but my world includes others beside me? Others I am called to love, to see. Hold this. How might I see the things I would rather not see? And then yet offer the hope of Advent. There is joy simply by entrusting our work to the God who loves us, cares for us, and wants us to rest in the work of Christ. So you've already been challenged to do this once, but make time to sit and revel in the joy that comes with the season of waiting on God, who has fulfilled the promise of redemption through the incarnate Christ. Amen. Come, little King, come quickly and bring the hope for humanity. Blessed is your name, the one who will reign in love and humility. Every day we search for the way confusion and fear abound. Many despair while others declare the answer just can't be found what we're seeking isn't near if we will open up our hearts oh come little king come quickly and bring the hope for humanity blessed is your name the one who will reign in love and humility Many are dead, much blood has been shed. The lust for power rages on. 
gratify greed in a deeper need. No wonder so much is wrong. Will we start at the manger if it leads us to a cross? Oh, come little king, come quickly and bring the hope for humanity. Blessed is your name, the one who will reign in love and humility. Easy to say, harder to do, don't turn away, will we be true? Oh, come little king, come quickly and bring the hope for humanity. Blessed is your name, the one who will reign in love and humility. Oh, come little king, come quickly and bring the hope for humanity. Blessed is your name, the one who will reign in love and humility. Love and humility, come reign in love and humility. Hear the words of the prophet Isaiah. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and I will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my might. He has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known his deeds among the nations, proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be known in all the earth. Shout aloud and sing for joy, O royal Zion. For great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Let us pray. Lord of life, you call us to prepare the way for your reign by bearing fruit worthy of repentance. You lift up a vision before us of a world that is shared and fair, where needs are met and no one is outcast. Baptize us fresh in your spirit as we pray. God, you are in our midst. Renew us in your love. We pray for the nations of the world, both allies and enemies, for their leaders and their people. Make yourself known to us all that all the peoples of the earth may live in justice and peace. We pray for your church here and abroad, that we hear your call for justice as good news for all people. We pray for peace in our world, especially for those called in war and for all who live in fear of violence, extortion, threats, and false accusations. We pray for those who suffer from natural disasters, especially the people of Kentucky and all those who were affected by the tornadoes this weekend. We pray for those who suffer from hunger and cold. Lead us to share our food and our coats with them 
We pray for the frail, the sick, and all those whose hands grow weak. Lead us to help them with gentleness. We pray for those who are disabled, oppressed, or outcast among us. Change their pain into praise and let their courage be renowned in the world. We pray for the earth from which we draw our help, our strength, our inspiration. And for all the living creatures in whose community we live. God, you are in our midst. Renew us in your love. Surely, God, we can trust in you and not be afraid. Lead us in songs of praise and shouts of joy, for you are in our midst. We pray through the one who baptizes us not only with water, but with the Holy Spirit, now and forever, and who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Before we stand to sing our closing hymn, a reminder, you can come back this evening and join us for um, Christmas carols and Cocoa on the Lawn at 4.30. I'm going to also want to remind you that during the closing hymn, our offering plates are here. There is a basket in the back. Um, if you have gifts and offerings and tithes to share, I invite you to do so during that. You can also give online and through our app, which many of you are already doing, um, but your gifts matter. They make a difference in how we are able to be church together. Our closing hymn is, I it came upon a midnight clear, um, and I hope as you sing it, you pay attention to the longing still named in this hymn, but also the hope of what already has come. That verse 3 really got me. And ye beneath life's crushing load, whose forms are bending low, who toil along the climbing way with painful steps and slow, look now, for glad and golden hours come swiftly on the wing. O rest beside the weary road and hear the angels sing. Let us stand together as we sing. Hymn number 218, It Came Upon a Midnight Clear.
One more passage for you. Hear this as your benediction from Philippians. Always rejoice in Christ. Again, I say rejoice. Ask God for what you need, simply, directly, trustingly, and always with thanksgiving. Imitate what you have learned and received and heard and seen in the scriptures and the saints, and be assured that the peace of God, which cannot be grasped or measured, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Go out in peace. Christ's peace. Amen.